I got a message for your American buddy. I'm your wife, damn it! Ah, would have to go up to the wives in the library or the supermarket and say hello. I am new here. I know, George, you think I don't know anything, but I know people. I get 18 years of my life to stand in the same spot as you. You want your file? I found you your file. You want it out? I got you out. You needed money? I found you some. Now, let's face it here. I've got to, you know, latch on to something in my life. Oh, yeah, you blind. No use to try to sweet talk me, Miss Scarlet. I know you ever since I put the first pair of diapers on you. Who was going to love me? Who, who was going to make me feel good? I wish I had a mother like me instead of nice. Nice gets you shit. I got a two-inch thick solo in steak. Sit and defrost and wait this minute. When you and Guy come over and supper with us tonight, what do you say? Hello and welcome to another episode of The Best Supporting Podcast, a podcast dedicated to celebrating and dissecting the performances of our favorite Best Supporting Actresses. My name is Nick Kachanov, and your Cocoa Puffs are getting soggy, Colin. And my name is Colin Drucker, and I just need you to tell me who moved the Bumblebee pendant. <laughs> my my runner-up was Keep Moving, Cheese Dick. That was, oh, yeah. uh, that was one of my favorites. Yeah. I, uh, yeah, I, I... Man, I I don't even know what to say. Yeah, I know. It, I have so it many happens thoughts. when we talk about Tony, right? It's yeah, just, there's it's, so many. Where to start? The Tony Collette effect. It just yes. like first of all, for anyone who didn't read the title of this episode, we are of <laughs> course talking about just in time for the spooky season. Yeah. Tony Collette in 1999's The Sixth Sense. Yeah. Uh, Nominated for an Oscar, did not win. Angelina Jolie won that year for Girl Interrupted, mm. which I have not seen, even though it is included in our. Oh, interesting! I thought you our did. intro. I think I no. saw it. Surprisingly, I did see it many, many years ago, just once, and yeah. I was like, "Oh wow, she is like out of ten. I feel like you'd really like it. I feel like you would enjoy it. She's she's pretty great." I mean, it's like, you know, Brittany Murphy's in it, Whoopi Goldberg's in it. Yeah, I don't there's know a lot I'm of waiting Yeah, for. we should do it. We should definitely cover that. I think it'd be a good one. Yeah. All yeah. right. Well, then put okay. it on the list. <laughs> <laughs> put it on the list. Uh, but today it's, it's, today is for Tony. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Thank you for that. Today is for Amy. <laughs> yeah, I know. Yes. What, how old were you in 1999? Where were I, you in the world? I was 14. Uh, and I... Okay. I, yeah, I was 14, and it was whenever this had come out, I think it was the summer, because we were still living in my old house before my mom got remarried in October, because I remember seeing it in the theater, and it scared me way more than I expected it to, and I'd like seen a lot of horror movies, and I felt, yeah. you know, I, I was already a big fan of Texas Chainsaw Massacre, so not that I was some hardened criminal or anything, but it just... I, I didn't go into the sixth sense expecting to be so disturbed to the point where I had yeah. to sleep with the lights on, you know? Oh, yeah. Last night, Keon has this habit of, like, we turn off the lights to go to bed, and he's like, ugh, I got to go use the bathroom. And I'm like, why? Because I was, like, starting to think about the sixth sense, and it happened a lot during the hereditary uh, phase of me just thinking there's someone hiding in the corner of the room. And then the thing that scares me is he has to come back and, like, I never know mm -hmm. when he's coming back. And, like, especially when it was hot outside, we would just keep the door open. So I would see him, like, walking down, like, it's not a hallway, but it would just scare me. I would get so mad. I was like, can't you just go before we turn the lights off? But I survived, Colin. And this one wasn't too crazy. But I was, I had to take my headphones off a couple times as I was watching it yesterday. Because the music. 
Yeah, the music was, uh, I feel like the composer James Newton Howard is a name that I see and I'm like, I've seen this name before, but I can't remember a single other movie I've seen that you've done the soundtrack of. Yeah, he, um, I looked him up too. He did the soundtrack or, you know, the, he composed the music for Michael Clayton. He composed the music for like my best friend's wedding. Oh. Uh, he composed the music for One Fine Day uh, with Michelle Pfeiffer. Oh my God, of course. I, I will say this is apropos of nothing, but I did watch One Fine Day finally at some point in the last year. And my biggest takeaway from that movie is that the predominant colors of One Fine Day are gray, tan, and brown. Oh, yes. So true. I was just going to say that. Yeah, a lot of gray. A lot of gray, so much brown. That movie is so brown. Just like beige coats. Yes, beige beige raincoats. Yeah, yes. Yeah. George Clooney is just a series of browns. Yeah, and still looks so handsome. He, that was oh, like my, when he had that uh, like short little like haircut. It was that almost Nero like, look. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. Uh, that was some good George. Yeah, yeah. good George. I mean, there's some good. Um, oh my lord, here Bruce? we go. With, yeah, good Bruce. Yeah, I was just gonna say. You know, speaking of of good '90s actors, yes. this was this was. This was some good Bruce. I I tend to prefer an early '90s Bruce Willis. Yeah. But listen, you know, beggars can't be choosers. If a 1999 yeah. Bruce Willis showed up at my door and wasn't <laughs> dead, I'd let him in. Exactly. exactly. <laughs> Ugh. And I, I'm, I really was like, uh, just like having a conversation with myself, really about like why didn't he get nominated for this? And I, it just feels like he was left out a bit. And I know that that probably wouldn't have been, wouldn't have been given to him in like any other movie. To my knowledge, I don't think he's been nominated for an Oscar ever. I don't think so. I think there's like the there's that class of actors that I don't know. I mean, I say that, and I think you know, there's those actors that just there's do Matthew good, McConaughey though. Yeah, you know what well, I mean? yeah. yeah, yeah. There's Brad Pitt last year, you know, and I think it's like kind of how we talked about uh, James uh, Marsden, where it's like, oh yeah. Well, yeah, he always does great. Do I ever think he'll be nominated for an Oscar? I don't know. But then, you know, someone sticks around long enough, and then they, you know. All of a sudden, he plays a politician who gets recognized for an Oscar, you know? like Sure, yeah. <laughs> a, a hot guy in a suit, but like Oscar caliber, you know? Yeah, the Dern effect, we'll call it. Yeah, yeah, maybe James Morrison will have a Dern effect. Or yeah. even, I'd maybe even say the Sandy Bullock effect. Mm-hmm. That's maybe yeah, a little bit, because she's always been great. Always been great, and then, you know. Suddenly, she wins for playing a Lifetime yeah. movie mom Fine. suddenly she plays for an incredibly mediocre performance in a yeah. mediocre movie and i'm like has anyone seen 28 days i mean <laughs> I she's great in that i know i was telling kian about that i don't think he saw it so we're gonna have to watch it oh get it on the list and move it up as as much <laughs> as you can wait. it's like talk about a movie full of women and full of like listen get Ugh, to it yeah wait get to it in the next 28 days okay well, speaking of getting to it, I, I'm not, I don't want to get to Tony yet because I, I do want to talk about like, I was 13. I'm a year younger. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think I think that I saw this in theaters as well. And I can't believe my mom even took me. I had to walk out of like Jurassic Park oh, like, God. a couple of years earlier, you know, like yeah. five years earlier. Like, I don't know why she thought I would be able to handle this. Um, I was pretty traumatized, but I don't remember being like, like it's staying with me. I remember being very scared, mm-hmm. but I think it was one of those movies where I just like shut my eyes. And there's yeah. there's enough scary balance with enough like 
I think, um, oh, I can't remember what M. Night Shyamalan said. It was like a, a combination of... The Exorcist and Ordinary People. Yes. Thank you, yeah. Colin. Um, yeah. Which is great. I honestly think that there's a lot to that um, yeah. statement, too, which, which, which helps balance out the just the outwardly scary there are a lot of jump scares here um, yeah this is you know i i would say that that one shot of the of the woman in the robe her ghost passing through past yes, the kitchen yes i remembered that too yeah and that that's was when like i took my headphones one. out yeah yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> i would say that uh having watched it again i feel like the ratio of exorcist to ordinary people is like 30% exorcist, 70% ordinary people. Yeah, I'd say. It really you know? is a nice balance. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh-huh. Like it's it's less of a horror movie than I remember it to be and more of a like scary drama. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just also wanted, I know we'll probably talk about him as we talk about Tony too, but like Haley Joe Osment is so good in this movie. Like, yeah, I know we have like a sort of unofficial ranking of like our favorite child actors that with our favorite BSAs, but he's up there like number two, number three. Um, he's really great. He is. You know, I I went in, you know, mentally arms crossed of like, oh, here we go with the child acting. Yes. And I like, you know, remember that he was good in this, but there is sort of a... Um, like a, a little Jimmy Stewart precocious kind of quality about Haley Joel Osment that sometimes I just can't, sure. I can't stomach, you know? Yeah. Um, but, you know, it, there was less of it than I remembered. I feel like watching it this time, I more saw Haley Joel Osment was like this little scarecrow just blowing in the wind. Like he was just this little bean, bean sprout of a kid Yeah, uh, that I was like, Oh yeah, this isn't annoying. This, it, I, I had the same experience with little Miss Sunshine. Sure. I thought, oh, is, is Abigail Breslin that good? And turns out she is. Yeah. I was, imp- I think I was more impressed with, um, cause the first thing I rewatched before I watched the movie was the car scene. Mm. And I was just so impressed with him during that scene that that kind of was like the catalysts that really was just like it it kind of put a new lens in my glasses i guess of watching him and like really admiring like the like the raw talent we'll call you know like of being a child because like part of me is like is are children really that good like how much you know you're talking about like the precociousness of you know just child actors and sometimes there are actors child actors that are like aware of it but it's like how do you as far as even uh, like like the Kramer versus Kramer stuff, how Dustin Hoffman was like, you see all these people, they're going to be gone soon. Mm-hmm. And like, and he's like, now use that. It was like, so he wasn't, he was acting because he was feeling emotion, but it was kind of just like this pasted in sort of emotion too. And I wonder, I wonder how that works. I wonder how it works for adults too, because I feel like it's so hard to cry on cue, but I guess some people can just do it. Yeah, I find that to be one of the most fascinating things about acting is people who can cry on cue, who can get really emotional, and then, you know, you call cut, and then they just kind of clean themselves up and then can do it again, you know? I I think, and I think in terms of child actors, I mean, I don't know, because... I think there are some kids like clearly Haley Joel Osment or, you know, Abigail Breslin, uh, who are just like clearly naturally talented. And, and I don't know, I'm sure there's something about their upbringing and, and how their parents talk to them as kids. Cause I think that's the sure. key of good child acting is that it sounds natural when they say yes. lines written yes. by adults, you know? Yeah. Uh, and I think that's what comes across. I, in terms of the kid from Kramer versus Kramer, I mean, we were really just watching 
<laughs> emotional abuse happen. I know, yeah, then he slapped him. Yeah, but what a great performance. Yeah. Yeah, right. Um Ugh. so of course we are here to talk about uh the aforementioned uh Tony Collette, who is no stranger to the podcast. Uh, yeah. As as hinted in last week's episode, she was in the hours and as you reminded me after we finished recording that she yeah. was also in a little movie that y'all may have heard of <laughs> called Hereditary. <laughs> yeah. Colin's like, we've never talked about yeah. it. Never. I don't have a tattoo that says Tony Collette in Hereditary anywhere <laughs> on my body. <laughs> I know that much is true. <laughs> yeah. Oh, gosh. I was so glad that you suggested this, and I was glad that you... I I watched the whole movie. I wasn't going to, but I had some time yesterday and I watched the whole thing and it does make it does heighten it a little bit too because she is like such a a movie mom. Like I feel like we could have included her. We should have like an episode of like good movie moms. Yeah. We did like the I Tanya and we did um uh, Lady Bird, but we should have like the opposite, just like moms that stick up for their boys. Oh, I love that. And she that. would be on the list. Good movie, yeah. yeah. Good movie moms, yeah. She is like Sally Field and Forrest Gump. Yeah, you know? I don't yeah. know Why that came to my mind? <laughs> um, do you ever ever heard of the movie that Sally Field was in in the '90s called Eye for an Eye? No, oh, it's kind of dark. It's about this woman who's who's about played by Sally Field, whose daughter gets killed by this like killer played by Kiefer Sutherland, and then. She spends, and that's like the first 10, 15 minutes of the movie. And then, you know, I guess there's one of those things where law enforcement is not going to help. So she needs to get revenge her own way. And she goes from, you know, meek, you know, meek suburban mom to like learning how to fight back and like figure out how to trap and trap this guy and kill him. Anyway, uh-huh. the whole reason I bring it up is the first like 10 minutes, Sally Field does some incredible acting. Uh, okay. So, um, which I guess counts as movie mom, but mostly it's just, yeah. you know, it's just, you know, I've always wanted to talk about Sally Field and eye for an eye and this was the moment. So yeah, <laughs> got it. Got in. It, got in. it in. Yeah. Man. I'm good now folks. Play us <laughs> off. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, Ugh, but I, I just, I, I mean, I remember her in this movie, but I don't think I was aware, my, you know, my thirteen-year-old self of like who Tony Collette was. Mm-hmm. So I guess it really was my introduction. I feel like when we talked about her in Hereditary, that that would, you know, I might have mentioned something else like United States of Terror. But this was my first sort of uh, seeing her on screen sort of moment too and i remember it being good but i remember I, I couldn't fully appreciate it as much as i would later on yeah i don't think i well i know i didn't understand or appreciate the transformation that she made into this yeah into this south philly mom and yes i i definitely was not familiar with her when i saw this the first time and it i think tony collette i mean this is what everyone says about her is that she has such a varied career and, and there's so many you know from muriel's wedding to hereditary where it's like is this the same woman you know she she does that meryl thing where she can just completely sink into a character and the way they speak and you don't hear the actor trying to pull off the accent and i i think when i saw this the first time i just thought the actress was you know, it was almost like, you know, well, they couldn't get Debbie Mazar, so they got to- this woman, Tony Collette, you know? <laughs> yes, exactly. Like, it was that, that, that as if this is how she kind of was off screen, and she just was kind of a, a dolled up version of. And I, knowing now who the, the non Sixth Sense Tony Collette is, my mind 
blew straight out of my ears in the first few moments of seeing her and realizing, oh my God, she is transformed into this woman. Yeah. I think if I took a survey of like, where is Tony Collette really from and had like four answers, I don't I I would venture to say that the general public probably doesn't know she's Australian. Um, yeah, I mean yeah, even now, I mean I feel like she she never plays an Australian person in a movie. <laughs> yeah, and I guess like I mean, I feel that it's very hard because, like, we talk. I feel like we talked about before about like Nicole Kidman's accent leaking through in Big Little Lies, yep. or the way that Saoirse Ronan really articulates everything she says, mm-hmm. you know, during Little Women. Um, but I never catch her. Never. I have. To, I agree. I I was listening for it, especially. I was sort of excited to hear that the South Philly accent. I sort of love. It's like my mom's family is from Philadelphia and then everyone moved to New Jersey. And so I feel like all of our accents are this mix of Philadelphia and New Jersey. And so I, I love hearing the Philly accent. I love the nuances Mm -hmm. of it. And, uh, and there's just like these little moments that it, it's, she lets us know that she has an accent, not by these broad strokes, ways of saying things in a certain way, but by these like little gestures or these little, um, just small ways of saying things where it's like, Oh, this is, this is nuanced. Yeah. Even the Cocoa Puffs are getting, getting soggy. The word getting Uh as opposed to getting it's, it's like dropping your G's and stuff like that. It's just like a tiny thing. Yeah. Um, I don't know that accent as well, too. And and I know, I mean, Pittsburgh has like, oh, God, it's like we call it Pittsburghese. It's like this crazy hybrid of like, I don't even know what it is. <laughs> <laughs> but in ways, I feel like there's a little smidge of, you know, I mean, Philadelphia, even though it's across, you know, the wide state of Pennsylvania, I'm sure some of that has leaked over as well. Mm-hmm. So, but it is, it's like, it's like that late 90s. I love I love Tony Collette when she has like a reddish sort of hue to her hair too. There's something about it and the nails. I was rewatching the I made Keon watch the car scene last night and the the first time she held her nails her hands up to her face, he just said, "The nails." The, yeah. Oh, the nails. <laughs> perfect. Yeah. Lynn Sears nail journey in in the sixth yes. sense. I mean, that's a tote bag in and of itself. It is <laughs> I mean, even, you know, I think about that kitchen scene, that first kitchen scene, you know, after the, you know, the Cocoa Puffs getting soggy and he's running outside to join Tommy to go to school. And she does that thing where she's like asking him, well, do you want the pop tart? And she does it in a way where she doesn't fully even say it. I think she just kind of goes, do you, do you want? And like, kind of like infers the rest Uh non-verbally. And I, I don't know why to me that was so beyond like, oh, that's such a South Philly woman. It was such like a mom thing to do. It was such a familiar way to speak, you know? Yeah, because there's that moment before, like she just has been kind of rattled by all the cupboards opening. Mm-hmm. And then she's kind of she's kind going back into mom mode. And she's like, oh, well, I mean, do you want the Pop-Tarts or? Yeah. yeah. What? Okay. Do you actually want them or like what's going yeah, on? Yeah, like, here? yeah. At the end of the day, I need to know if you want the Pop Tarts. Like, this, this is what I'm, tr- <laughs> you know, I, I know these cabinets are all open and I have no explanation, but. Yes. Oh, God. Uh, and that whole scene, uh, that whole introduction to her, and we talk about when a BSA enters a movie, and that's obviously her first scene. And of course, it's all one continuous shot. Uh, yes. And, and I would. We love that. I love that. And I, I mean, it also is very reminiscent of Poltergeist when. Diane and Carol Ann are in the kitchen and then Diane turns around and all the chairs are on the kitchen table. 
Yes, yes, yes. I thought the same thing. Uh, and it just, it was like, it was such a, I love that Tony Collette's entrance in The Sixth Sense is a set piece. Yeah, it really is like setting the tone of like, it's the first sort of thing that we see. I feel, yeah, that's a little bit like otherworldly. Uh, that's not really the choice of words I wanted to use. But, um, you know, th- that something's happening. Yeah. I guess it's our first hint. And we have, like, she has a choice of how she, like, we see her, like, react to this. Mm-hmm. And, and she chooses to kind of cover it up a little bit. But she also, choo- like, she acknowledges it with the screen. But she doesn't say, like, holy shit, like, what happened? You're sitting right. How do, how do these cupboards get open? Yeah. So we know that this is, like possibly not the first time that this has happened yeah Um, yeah there's an assumption that like this is there's been weird behavior around him and with him for a while and she uh like clearly doesn't have the capacity to deal with it so it's easiest to just say like you looking for something yeah right (laughs) like let's just assume you were trying to find the pop tarts yeah, it's great though, and 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 we also just established that she's a good mom. Mm-hmm. She's like she's a working mom, a single mom. She has two jobs, but she doesn't lose her patience with him. I mean, she does. I mean, she tells him later. She's like, "You've had you've had enough. Uh, what is roast it? Roast beef? beef? Is that yeah, what it is? Yeah. You've had enough, you've had roast, enough beef. roast beef. Get out of here. Yeah. Get out. Get out." <laughs> <laughs> I laughed at that line because it was like so. I was like. All kids hate roast beef. It's funny that like that, like you've had enough like chocolate cake, like get out. Right. Maybe that would be the better line, but uh, right. it was funny. Yeah. Maybe he loves roast beef. Who knows? May- I mean, he has That's such a, a punishment for him. Yeah. He has such a little old man quality. I bet he loves roast beef. Yeah. <laughs> yeah <exactly. laughs> well, I, and I love like the, the sort of running theme that she had, that Lynn has with Cole of, you know, look at my face. I, you know, I would never yes. think that about you. And I, and every time she does it, it's so... It's so convincing, and it's also like that little trope that they have is, I think they do it three times. I think it's in that kitchen mm-hmm. scene. It's after the roast beef scene when she's trying to get the dog out from the, the closet, and then the car mm-hmm. scene. And it's, I love it. I think it tells us so much about their relationship where um, she's, I think, like always reminding him of like, I'm always on your side. Like, you know, and mm-hmm. and I think that's like a, a big part of being like a good mom is uh, I'm always on your team. Yeah. Like, hey, look at me. We might be fighting right now and I might not like you right, <laughs> right now, but like I've always got your back. So right. let me remind you that. Right. That even though this crazy stuff is happening to you, I'm not going anywhere. Yeah. yeah. I, I like that even though it, you know, the movie has the, the narrative of you know, no one of, of Cole seeing something that nobody else is seeing. And then like people not believing him. It's except for that one moment with the bumblebee pendant, Lynn never really turns her back on him. You know, she, I mean, obviously yes. she can't, she's his mother, but I feel like it's an interesting narrative for her character because she sort of, she doesn't fully understand it or believe it. And she doesn't fully reject it and misunderstand it. So she kind of lives in this weird in between of, I know something is going on and I don't have an answer. And, you know, it's like I, I don't have enough of information to un- to believe it or not believe it. Yeah, even when, and I don't want to get to the car scene yet too because that's, you know, the main event. But, like, she says, like, just just give me a minute. I need to, like, process this. It's like mm-hmm. she, 
she doesn't re- like yeah i think it's because she doesn't initially reject everything too that she she lives in that sort of purgatory of like yeah. should i believe my kid or what i mean there is some weird stuff happening but i don't know is this and and then she's finally able to digest it within such a short amount of time as opposed to like flying up the handle and just like exiting the car or something right like that. right right well i think it's you yeah. know kind of comparing the dinner scene the roast beef scene with the car scene is yeah I think what what made her kind of finally understand in the car scene and what Cole didn't have during the dinner scene was some sort of, you know, unmistakable proof. I think with the Bumblebee pendant, it was like you have no way of proving that grandma has been yeah. taking it out of the closet and, and looking at it. That's true. And so That's very true. And, and to Haley Joel Osment's credit, like the way he plays that scene of him just like not wanting to tell her, no, I didn't do it. Like getting so upset when she's asking him, please just tell me, did you take the pendant? And you know, it, it's very palpable. And I, there's some, there's sort of a relief in the car scene when he has something that she finally can't, you know, she can't dismiss, you know? Yeah. Um, there was something else about or that, the after scene too, when she's trying to get, like the dog out of the corner yeah. or something like that. And she's, and then the way that he asks her, can I sleep with you is so, so precious. He says like, if you're not very mad, can I sleep with you tonight? And then she's like, look at my face. I'm not very mad. Oh. And then like, he starts to, it's like, it's so, it's so like quaint to hear like very mad. It's just like such an interesting phrasing of that word. Like instead of saying like, if you're not mad at me still, can I sleep in your bed tonight? It yeah, it is. Like I, I was oddly charmed by that. And that scene I, I thought was one of the more emotionally resonant scenes where it was like, yes, you know, because then she hugs him and, and he's shaking and she's like, just tell me like, and, and it's almost like she's not even asking him, tell me what's going on. She's just like putting it out to the universe of like, I, I don't have an answer to what's happening right now. Uh, yeah. And, and that she doesn't, I guess the more important thing is that she doesn't just decide that her kid is crazy, you know, or that he's got some sort of like, you know, problem, some sort of mental health issue. Uh, But, you know, then again, I don't know. I feel like the type of woman that she is like, there's sort of a, not to like politicize it, but I think there's sort of a privilege that comes with saying like, oh, this is a mental health issue because then you can address it and treat it, you know? Yes, exactly. I just going back to I, I wonder if like the phrase very good is just like so, sort of like this vernacular that they've sort of come up with in the same sense of like, excuse me, um, when she when he comes home and she's like, well, today I won the lottery and I went I quit my job, I ate a big picnic in the park and swam in the fountain all day. It's like this sort of like escapism uh, tactic that is just really cute. Mm-hmm. And like the first time we see him smile, really. Yeah, uh, yeah, which is really effective too. Yeah, yeah, I I think, and that's it's sort of funny thinking about these like child actors as like real life people and thinking I wonder how their parents talk to them and I wonder how they what kind of language they've picked up in their most formative years and you sort of see the same thing happening in the movie where mm-hmm. you know Lynn talks to Cole a lot of times like an adult like a peer you know like she says to him. You know, I don't know if you know, like, I need your help here. I don't know if you noticed, but our little family of ours is in trouble. And she says that as if he's, you know, a a co-partner in this, you know? Yeah. He has, um, he has some say in the direction, or at least, like, he can contribute. Mm -hmm. 
Uh, I love that. And I love that, like, the dog's included in that. Oh, yeah, totally. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, does this dog live? Right. Does the dog remember, die? The sixth sense. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. But I also like at the same time that at the beginning of that dinner table scene, she tells him to take the gloves off and he puts them on the table and she says, I don't want them on my table. I just <laughs> like it's so like it's yeah, it's so mom. It's so yeah. mom. It's I mean, like there are those moments, little little moments like that. Obviously, you know, we'll we'll dive into the car scene, but those little moments where she's just playing like a real woman that we all recognize. Where I, I just this in some ways became one of my favorite Tony Collette performances. Yeah, it really is a special little gem. I'm so glad we're revisiting it. Yeah. it. The other thing that popped out to me too, it's so like mundane and like a stupid conversation, but I just love the way she answered it at the birthday party. Cause she, you could tell they're like sort of like at a rich family's house yeah. because the house is, and then she's like, oh yeah, like Cole doesn't get opportunities to go to parties. Like, thank you for inviting him the last time. She says something about Chuck E. Cheese and the mom just didn't know what Chuck E. Cheese was. Yeah. And the way she's just is like, oh, it's like, you know, it's a kid place. Or the, I can't remember what she said, but it's so just like, she kind of knows. She's like, oh, this woman has, I'm, I'm not in the right place here. Yeah. But, uh, it's not worth going. Like, instead of her saying like, oh my God, you don't know what Chuck E. Cheese is. She gets it and just like cuts it off. Right. Right. Like she knows that, you know, in the rock, paper, scissors of this, she is always the one that's losing. Um, yeah. By trying to like tell someone what Chuck E. Cheese is. It's like, oh, honey, we don't do Chuck E. Cheese. Uh, yeah. Ugh. And I that, that party scene is really interesting. I think we get in really subtle ways the dynamics and in, in how Lynn you know even how she's dressed like she's definitely quote unquote dressed up for this party but it's almost like a little too garish compared to everybody else and yes she sticks out she sticks out and she's and and without really leaning into it i think the the writing direction of the scene shows how much lynn is not fitting in either and how she and cole are very much the outsiders among you know the kids and the parents respectively and i mean that scene as well Mm -hmm. i think then I mean, oh, when those two boys locked him in that little box. Oh, God. Oh. I had to fast forward through that. I, I, I like, I just fast forwarded the end of it. it. It's too much. Oh, it made me so mad. It just, I just, I don't like mean kids in movies. And, but I did love, there's almost something psychic about how Lynn like realizes there's something going on without even really hearing him. It's like she just... It's like she senses she has her own sixth sense, where she, you know her own you know maternal <laughs> instinct. The whole the whole movie was just about Lynn having a maternal instinct, uh, and she you know <sighs> works her way up the stairs. And I, the set piece of her trying to get him out of there and like pounding on the door, is the best part of it for me was how she then at one point towards the end of it like turns and looks at like everyone else and instead of what I expected some kind of roar of like somebody help me she just kind of does this like I I don't know what to do and like just kind of like puts her hands out and it's like this muted response that is so like it told me so much what I read from that was that she was her, she was freaking out because her kid was locked in this thing, but she didn't want to be seen freaking out in front of everybody else. You know, she yeah. she was keeping her composure for the sake of, like, their appearance. Because I'm sure there have been other scenes like this, you know? Like, she talks about the Chuck E. Cheese and how he just, like, <clears throat> hid in some sort of, like, corner of the ball pit or whatever. Right. I can't remember what she said. Yeah. Some, and some she, it's like everyone kind of knows who she is already, and she doesn't want to feed the fire of, like, oh... 
It's uh, it's it's Colin. Is it Lynn? Lynn. 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 Yeah. Lynn again. Yeah. Um, I get that. It's uh, it's so good. Yeah, it's that feeling of like, oh, we're never going to be invited to another birthday party again. Uh, yeah. yeah. Ugh. I know. I know. But then she has that great phone call where she's like, hey, it, it, this is Lynn Sear, Cole's mom. Yeah, I want to talk to you about your boy and his friends keeping their goddamn hands off my son. And yes. I was like, oh, Mama Bear. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love it. Oh. It's so great. Yeah. And then it was just like a very sort of calm intro to that conversation. And then we don't get to see the rest of it. Right. I love that. Right. There was a lot. Because it very well could have. Yeah. There was a lot of restraint with that. Uh, and so, yeah, I mean, we, uh, I, I do think that we are. We are pulling up to the car scene. I think we've... I know. I just want to mention one more thing. I'm please, sorry. Before no, we get to the car no scene. apologies for this, please. Is um, the shot of like um, her and Cole coming out of that Acme supermarket uh-huh. with the pumpkin uh-huh. and Cole in, the, in front of the cart. In Pittsburgh, we call them buggies. Of course. As, as opposed to carts. Um, but what a lovely just sort of... It's a lovely shot. Mm-hmm. And it, it's very fall. So I was really excited about it too. But I, I love like... Just these little moments, like we were saying, like of her kind of pushing the cart a little bit fa- faster and he puts his hands up and he's so cute and they're just like so happy. Yeah. And I don't know what ha- what what happens in that scene, though. Is that all it is? It's just that? I like, think... how does what's the button on that scene? I think so. I think they're really just establishing that it's it's fall and, you know. Uh, Got it. Yeah. And they're just having a good time. They're having a good time I, together. I appreciate it, though. Yeah. Yeah. I want to be... I want Tony Collette to push me around in the oh, Acme supermarket parking Any lot. day of the week. Yeah. I'll yeah. bring my own buggy. Yeah. yeah I... <laughs> yeah. I... B-Y-O-B. B-Y-O-B. Uh, <laughs> um, yeah. It, it is a really beautiful relationship. And I, uh, I like that as well, that even though there is the potential or the stereotype of this tough South Philly mom working two jobs, got the the nails and the hair and the boobs and all that, that she, I think to layer a character like that, that typically might be a little cold or a little uninvolved to make her so emotionally involved and so, mm-hmm. um, so present for him, I think is a really nice mix. Yeah. You get to see more of the depth of, I think that, that, cart scene outside of Acme is like even more important than I ever like thought it was too because it's really one of the last moments we get I don't, I shouldn't say before like shit hits the fan but really before like you know things before he kind of realizes that he has a like the power in the situation that he has the power mm-hmm. to like kind of turn like flip the script a little bit too yeah um if it were me too I was like I would just start yelling at these ghosts I'd be like what do you want as far as like that girl grabbing his ankle, I was like, did you have to do it that way? Right. You know what I mean? Like, cause she could have said like, Psst. yeah, it's like, I'm here. <laughs> like, couldn't you just be like, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I get it because it's scarier too, but like, I'm trying to help you out here and you're grabbing my freaking ankle. Like just, uh, you know, just put the box on the bed and call it a day. Yeah. Right. Like, Ugh. I don't, I don't see why you, I need to suffer for this. You know, I took <laughs> yeah, a bus exactly. here, sweetheart. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, a bus with a ghost. A bus with a ghost. <laughs> Oh God! Uh, yeah, I—I I mean, there is that whole subplot of of Misha Barton, you know, being poisoned by yes. her mother. That oh, it's so—I mean, it's in terms like structurally, it's so—it's such an interesting little like C plot that they that they kind of stick in the middle of the movie to kind of give a mm-hmm. purpose to Cole's 
uh, his sixth sense. And it's, yeah. I mean, I will say this, the, the face journey that, that her father goes on. Yes. I was just going to say, yes. Yeah. Well, watching the tape is, it, there are a couple very impressive little performances. That was, I, you know, I don't normally see men in movies and that was a moment. Yeah, he would be, if this was a top five BSA moment or, you know, a list of an episode, he would be on it yeah. for sure. Mm-hmm. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah. Oh, great. Um, I also, I guess, right. we, I, oh, oh, I'll go, just say yeah. who I would also add to that list is the best supporting bridesmaid in that wedding video who gives that speech. <laughs> she was so funny and just like, so, like it was so good. It was so accurate to what those videos are yeah, like. Yeah, from joy to tears yeah. in a matter of two minutes. Yeah. Um, and the way that people oh, used to say, oh, shut off the camera. And like they'd wave their hand to the left or the right. Like yes. people used to talk about shutting off cameras as if you're going to swing it away. Where You yeah. know what I mean? Whereas now people just hold their palm up. Um, I don't know. Yeah. It's this weird nuance of how we respond to cameras now. No, I loved that yeah. bridesmaid. That was yeah, funny. She was great. Um, mm-hmm. So indeed, now we are uh, we are to the car scene. Uh, yes, I'm ready to communicate to you. Now, I'm Colin. ready to communicate. <laughs> I thought, oh well, this is like a this is like a marriage where counseling isn't working. Yeah, I was just gonna say, yeah, how like so emotionally intelligent is he? Right to start it that way. Yeah, well, and it does make me wonder. And I don't know if this is supposed to be suggested with him. Is that there is something a little like vaguely on the spectrum about him. I feel like it's never said about him in this, but there is a bit of that quality about Cole. Yeah, and it, but it's effective too, because the other thing he would have said is like, I have something to tell you, which mm-hmm. doesn't have, I don't know, it just doesn't fit as well as like I'm ready because it's it's so direct that it's like perfect. Yeah. It's so overly direct that I'm like, okay. Yeah. Because uh, I, it's almost like a coming out scene in a way and in, in a way it's like it's like this huge secret that he has to like share with his mom and like he's so terrified to tell her but like the hardest part about like coming out is like just starting the conversation right and like how do i get into this right how do i tell my mom that i see dead people right because i've already said the line yeah um yeah, I, can't say it again right yeah i uh, see gay people yeah i um <laughs> i see other men <laughs> I see gay, I see gay people. people. <laughs> oh, that was good. That's good. Um, yeah, and I mean, I get. I I think. Uh, <laughs> I mean, I'm still laughing. Yeah, yeah, that's good. Uh, and so, uh, obviously, he. This is such a set piece for him, but I love all of the different notes she plays, you know, kind of starting from when he says, well, you know, somebody died up there and she like leans out the driver's side window. She's like, really? You can see? And like, as if it's just like, she has no idea what he's talking about. And I love that this kind of like where she starts in this scene. Mm -hmm. It's so good. Mm. And I wrote down like beats, but I, and like fill in the blanks too. But I, I feel like he finally tells her, like, it's such a great way to tell her to, like, a, a woman. He's like, someone died up there, a woman. And she's like, how do you know? And then he says, she's standing next to my window. Uh, and then you actually see her, too, which is yeah. so great. I love how it just, like, pans and that she just kind of walks away, too. Yeah. Uh, it's it's perfect. Yeah, that was – I love that delivery. Um, and, like, and that, that I love that those those moments are then kind of – it's like the ping pong then back to Lynn's reaction, you know, and yes. and like her processing of that. And I I like that when she starts to ask him about like, do you, you know, or do you see ghosts? Like she's 
again, she's, yes. she's in that purgatory where she's like, I'm not asking you incredulously and I'm not quite believing you, but I'm going to have this conversation with you. Yeah. And then he senses, you know, it's not necessarily withdrawal. Like we said, she's just processing it. Mm-hmm. And then he kind of chimes in with, you think I'm a freak. And then it's another look at my face. Uh, I would never think about that. I would never think that about you ever. Uh, I just love how like how her lips move or like her mouth opens on the word ever. Yeah. Yeah. And such uh, emphasis. Yeah. And it's like, <laughs> it's an, so and great. that one is like the most important. And the, where I thought like, oh, if, if you think otherwise, you're going to falter in this moment. And I love yes. that she, I was watching her face the same way he would as a kid, you know, to, mm-hmm. to like get the val, you know, the verification that she was, that she really didn't think I was a freak. Like it was, I don't know. It was very much in that moment with them. Yeah. And, um, and then he pulls out his sort of like his ACE card. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, it's like, he's like, how, cause First of all, how smart is he to use that example first? You know, it's like, it's like all these things that he now gets to share with her, like all of these stories that he's been holding in, and like what he's seen and everything, and and it's so messed up. Like, it's so terrible that it's happening to him, a little boy too. Like to have to navigate that yourself, but he uses his grandmother um, and Tony Collette's mom as a sort of set piece to like, and it's so subtle and it's so beautiful. And just, uh, I mean, just lead us in, Colin. Yeah, yeah. So she, he says, you know, that grandma comes to visit me. And uh, and she, you know, she's sorry that she took the bumblebee pendant, but she just likes to, you know, look at it sometimes. And it's like, even then, like, it's not, you know, she's hearing him, but it's still like, as she's believing it as much as she's believing it over the roast beef. Yes, yes, yeah. And I mean, the moment for me, just of uh, the fucking moment of when he says like she saw you dance and <laughs> the and look. the look the way that I I, I put it in all caps uh, the, the look, look the look I audibly I when I watched it last night I went oh my oh my god oh my god <laughs> like I literally couldn't like it was I, I oh wow that look was. So, I mean, it was so, I I can't even find a fucking word for it, but Mm -hmm. it was genius. It was like, give her the fucking Oscar for that look. It said, no, like her having to process that. Oh, that fucking look. (laughs) Yeah. There's no like scrunched eyebrow. It's very just like this almost blank vacant. It's like, it's like her heart stops. You know what I mean? But it's not, it's not sudden. It's like, she looks over. Like, her mouth is still closed, too. Her mouth isn't open. It's, like, it's very specific. Yeah. And very, like, just... I don't... It's a natural reaction. That's, that's like, the only thing I can really, like, paint it as, too. Mm-hmm. It's, like, it's like she is... She's hearing this news for the first time. I mean, obviously she is because she's playing that character. But, like, it's almost like Tony Collette's hearing yeah. <laughs> that piece of news for the first time. Yeah. Oh, it's such a full-body reaction with still being so subtle. It's mostly... And that turtleneck she oh, wears. Oh, that turtleneck. I mean, that's a Halloween costume. Like, I, I don't know what the pants are. I don't even care. I know, yeah. But, like... Fill in the blanks. Yeah. You could just paint, like, a cardboard car, like, just underneath. <laughs> and the nails! <laughs> yes, the nails. You won't even you need won't it. Even, you won't even see see the legs yeah uh and and then cole you know really brings out his like you know south philly medium you know to tell her like so yes you know 
you you had a fight and you had you had a dance recital and you had a fight and you thought that she didn't come to see you dance but she did and and again we're oh we're seeing lynn process these details that you can almost see her running so quickly through the logic of her mind of like there's no way he would know any of this on his own yes i've never told him Mm -hmm. this how would he know that she was there uh you know even if, if i didn't even know it and and that's where we're getting so much of the nail acting, where we're getting her, you know, her hands on her face. Oh God, I know. Oh. The fingers on the on the lips. Oh, the finger, she kind oh, of the like fi- touches like mm. one hand, and then she does both. And then at one point, it looks like she's like praying into her hands, like with her lips touching. Uh huh. Oh yeah, I love the one hand on the lips. I love that. Mm-hmm. Um, and and then I mean, she has some other moments later, other specific hand moments, but. Uh, and then, like, so that's that's kind of act one of, like, here's where I'm really going to sell it. And then he brings it fucking home. And, yes. you know, he says, you you went to the place where she was buried, uh, and uh, you asked her a question, and her answer is every single day. And, and I love this moment of Lynn... Like he and he asks you like what what did you ask her what did you ask yes and her trying to pull herself together to get the words out ah and that's where she puts two hands on each one hand on each of her clavicles you know yeah. <laughs> it's clavicles it's so clavicle good. acting uh yeah and the way she like it takes her it's almost oh my god it's it's just like Toba Felchu in Kissing Jessica yes. Stein that pause that like. Like her trying to get to like getting to the question and then like choking out like I like, you know, are you proud of me? And mm. uh, uh, do do I make it's like she has. Do these, I like, make you inhales. proud? That's what it is. Yeah. Do I make her proud? Yeah, it is. Um, It really is great. There's so many little beats in that uh, that moment. And we've all we've all been there. It's like. She can easily just like be sobbing into her hands right now because that could have been like the floodgate moment. Mm-hmm. But like she chooses to just like answer the question. Yeah. Really. Yeah. And it's, and I love that it's, I love that the question is not this, it doesn't suddenly explain everything or it's, it's not this yeah. great, you know, uh, relevatory moment. It's just, you know, it's just proof that, that what he's talking about is real. And, you know, and then they he he you know weeps out mama and they hug and it's I know the way he says mom uh, and then they just hug. It's just like ugh, it's such catharsis, it's, for right? It's just so Emotional good. catharsis. Yeah, it really is like the perfect way to end that scene. And and you don't see them anymore in in the movie. That is like where we leave them mm-hmm. um, in that car. And what a great um, way. To set up that scene, the fact that they're stuck in traffic, that they have to stop. Yeah. Like, there's no way for them to go. And it also ties into the fact that, like, he can, you know, someone died and he's he's using that to, like, illustrate his, like, first point. Like, she's actually standing outside my window right now. Like, had he, pl- like, he couldn't have planned that right. conversation. I think he just, like, saw the lady standing next to him and it was like, all right, enough is enough. I'm ready to say what I need to tell yeah, you. Yeah, I'm ready to communicate with you. Yeah. yeah, and it's an, it, actually now that I think about it, it's interesting that term of phrase because that's how we talk about communicating with the dead, you know. And so oh, to say, like, I'm ready to communicate with you. Yeah, it's, yeah, yeah. All right, I'm Sha- M. Night Shyamalan. I see you. 
Uh, <laughs> I know, I know. I mean, I will say uh, just, you know, as a capper to talk about the sixth sense, I think we can't talk about it without talking about the twist. And yes, yeah. you know, my takeaway is this. Obviously, the first time I saw this, I had no idea that Malcolm was dead the whole time. Spoiler alert. Yeah, you know, same. Yeah, tw- yeah. Uh, 21-year-old spoiler alert. Um, but uh, it, I think there is kind of an appeal of watching it again to see how they pull it off. But at the same yes. time, I definitely still had questions because it was like, oh, oh, yes. You know, it was like, how, how, how much time has gone by where... Malcolm and Anna are not on speaking terms to the point that he wouldn't realize that he was dead. Like, or is he seeing, like, I know there's that idea of like the dead see what they want to see. And so he was interpreting all that differently from how reality was. I didn't fully understand how they were selling through that. He'd been dead this whole time, you know? Yeah. It, that is their, like, I don't know what word to use, but yes, that is their sort of um, cop out. What am I trying to say here? Their little like um, get out of jail free card of like, Mm -hmm. well, he sees what he wants to see. So it's like, you know, but like, has he tried to touch his wife? Like, like, right. If someone wasn't talking to me, I would like grab their hand or, you know, or like shake them or something like that. Like, what is his everyday like has he showered? <laughs> you right. know what I mean? Like what is what is he doing? Right. Can he touch things? Like all the rules of ghosts in movies that we see, like they they can't touch that. I think of like literally the movie ghost. Yeah. Like how he had to work so hard with that creepy guy in the subway just to like fling a bottle. Right, <laughs> right. Just to push um, a penny up a wall. Yeah. I... Yeah. So and he changes his clothes. Like it's interesting that the clothes are changed. Like he doesn't remain in the same outfit the whole time. Mm-hmm. Because if he did that would have caused some suspicion. Right. And it's like everything he wears is variations of what he died in. But it's like, well, some people just dress like that, you know, and he's he's dressed like the doctor. Yeah. But so I, I, I think I'm sure there's someone out there who's figured out how this all works. But I um, I, I think that that's maybe the one thing that with this movie that over time I was like, OK, it's it's a good movie, but it's. I would say what I would remember it more for, or what I think is more long-lasting for me, is the is certainly Tony Collette, and to another extent, Haley Joel Osment, versus kind yeah. of the whole conceit of the movie, you know? Yeah, I think so, too. I, I was just thinking about Bruce Willis, and, like, um, when he was sitting with Tony Collette in that one scene where she talks about, like, today I won the lottery, uh-huh. and then I quit my job. I was like, what, what was Bruce Willis talking to Tony Collette about? You know what I mean? Like, it's like, what happened before... Yeah, he would have realized that no one's talking to him fought long ago. Right. You know? Right, cuz like, you know, exactly he would have had to come into the apartment. Yeah. Knock on the knock door, on the door, say hi, how are you? Wonder why this woman's ignoring Tell him. Tell me about your son. Yeah. yeah. She's um, mad at me so, too. Yeah, like it's Yeah. <laughs> Anna must have told her. Yeah. Women, am I right, yeah, ladies? Can't yeah. Can't break. Yeah, in this town. Uh <laughs> so there are definitely some holes, but uh but then there's the car scene, so yeah, it's it's forgivable, and it is it is it was nominated for best picture among other I know. Um, which is so interesting. I feel like it was such a moment culturally too. Like it was kind of a I read on IMDb it was kind of like a sleeper hit. Mm-hmm. Like no one was really predicting this movie to, you know, get the 
I shouldn't say acclaim, but as far as just like the the numbers and the acclaim to some 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 extent too. But like it, everyone was talking about this movie. Yeah, and it made a shit ton of money. And it, yeah. yeah, it's. Uh, I think sometimes that's what happens is that a movie is just such a phenomenon <clears> that it's like okay, well, this was you know its best picture in that it was one of the biggest pictures. Yeah, and it's funny because it was pre like social media, so like people couldn't spoil it, and like so when you heard about it. I just remember people saying, like, wait till the end, wait till... Because that's, I mean, that's the thing with every M. Night Shyamalan movie, too. But um, but no one spoiled it for me. I, I It's like, it was it was a different time. People yeah. weren't as, like, spoil crazy back then. No, that's true. I, I feel like uh, that's such a good point. I feel like that way about the Blair Witch Project as well, where yeah. when I saw that, it was like I didn't quite know that it wasn't real. Like, I wasn't quite sure. And I... I Certainly, a feeling I had watching this movie, in particular when when Tony Collette was like wearing the Walkman and doing the laundry, I was like, "Oh yeah, 1999 is actually kind of a long time ago." <laughs> yeah, it is crazy. Yeah. It is. Yeah, 21 years. Woof. Woof. And this is Tony Collette's only Oscar nomination. Colin, isn't that crazy that to think about? Bananas. It's infuriating. Yeah, I I saw that on IMDb and I was like, "Wait a minute, I guess so." Yeah, I mean, if I was to add to that, I would I would have nominated her for uh, Muriel's Wedding for sure. Mm-hmm. She got a Golden Globe nomination for that, yeah. but she never she didn't make it to the Oscars. And I know that might have been like her first. I don't know, like my my Tony Collette, you know, sort of like collective knowledge is a little fuzzy. So I, I'm sure, obviously, she was in stuff before that, but I feel like that was a big boost for her, um, a sort of breakout role, yeah, if you will. That was, I think, um, yeah, that was one of her first roles, yeah. It reminds me of sort of like, you know, Julia Roberts being nominated for Pretty Woman. Pretty Woman was like a little bit of a bigger movie than Muriel's Wedding. But um, mm-hmm. I still think Tony Collette is incredible in that. So is Rachel Griffin. And the mom in that movie. Oh, the oh my mom. God. I was just thinking, oh. I was like, have we done an episode on the mom in Muriel's <laughs> yeah. Wedding? Uh, we haven't. Uh, I feel like we talked about it. Yeah. And- right? We talked about it when I said, because I like, I held it from you. I was like, I've never seen it. Then at the end of the episode, oh, I was that's like, surprise, right. I did that's see it. That's right. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yes. Yeah. I'm acting. Huh. huh. <laughs> um, wow. But I, I would have given her a nomination for that. I would have. I would have obviously given her a nomination for Hereditary. I, I, I would have even nominated waiting. her. <laughs> yeah. I know. Yes. Um, maybe even like Little Miss Sunshine, if we're, if we're really like, I don't know if she had enough nominations at that point, you know, why not? I love her in Little Miss Sunshine. I saw that again recently and yeah, she is, I mean, just the way she eats that ice, that the popsicle, I was like, (laughs) enough of a reason for me. Yeah. Yes, exactly. Ugh, it's so good. Yeah. Yeah. She should have like four nominations already and it's crazy that she only has one. Right. Right. It's like. You know, Saoirse Ronan is half her age and has like six nominations. And I know. God bless we you, love Saoirse. Saoirse. Yeah, you're great. Yeah. But, you know, this is Tony F. and Colette over here. I know. Pay respect. Yeah. For God's sake. Uh, yeah. Well, um, well, I mean, obviously we have our BSA of the week to get to, but I, I do have this box sitting here. Yes. Uh, oh, my God. It does not have a videotape of me getting poisoned with Pine Sol. 
in it, but it does. <laughs> but I, I don't know what's in it, but you sent me something. and Yeah, so to set this up here, I, I was in the thrift store uh, about, at this point, too, like a month ago, probably, because I hate mailing shit. Mm. It's like one of my like biggest pet peeves. It's like, I have to go to the post office now and do all this stuff. And it never takes too long. Like, the idea is always bigger than the actual act of, course. of running that errand. But... I saw this, um, this, I'm not going to say what it is, but I saw this like trinket, we'll call it on a shelf. And I just like LOL'd at it. At, like, it just made me laugh, <laughs> Colin. It really did. Um, and it's like, just, you know, get your hopes up, but also just like, it's, it's, it's stupid and small, but I feel like you'll really like it. And I had to send it to you. Oh and uh, I said, consider it a housewarming gift since you just moved. So, yeah, open it up. All right. Well, I have, much like an infomercial, I have already prepped the box. Um, yes. And so now I am peeling back the parchment paper, or the, the, the paper. Uh, it's like an ASMR video. Um, I know, oh yeah. Oh, my God. I'm so afraid. What is this? <laughs> I just had to. (laughs) It's so stupid. Oh, it is. So, uh, gentle listeners, it is this, it's this gorgeous mug that for whatever inexplicable reason says in broad cursive across the front, Diane. (laughs) (laughs) I loved it. I was like, this is perfect. This is like what you should drink coffee out of every time we record. It's a good mug too. Like it looks like it's like a homemade sort of pottery thing. Well, there's a I wish it said Aunt Diane. I mean, but, I can you know. add a, I can add a sticker. There's there's um yes. on the bottom it's a bit faded, but there's something it's something clay clay in mind. Okay. In San Diego, clay California. I don't know if it's clay, Ugh. but but in any event, this mug journeyed all the way from San Diego to Pittsburgh, to Queens, New yes. York, Diane. Yes, Diane. <laughs> it's so funny. I just like laughed to myself. It really, I had like a Laurie Metcalf moment in the thrift store. It just made me laugh. Oh, it's just, I mean, I am, I am so honored. I'm going to drink out of this constantly, my Diane mug. <laughs> yeah, it's just like, ugh. I, just, I first saw, the, you know, the name. It's like, The Mug Diane. Yeah, I was just thinking, the mug, the, movie, was just thinking that the mug Diane. The Mug Diane. The, and that's going to be its formal name, The Mug Diane. <laughs> yes. You can drink uh, your infamous cocktail, an Aunt Diane, oh, out of that mug if you and, want to. And I forgot about an Aunt Diane. Oh, Yes. Yeah. Oh, I'm. Well, yay. I'm glad you enjoyed it. Oh, my God. (laughs) But I love it. (laughs) Yeah, it's perfect. We'll have to take a picture of it. If you send me a picture, I could put it on our our Twitter account, too, so everyone else can see the glory. Yeah. It's it's beautiful. The mug Diane. I just love it. I wish it was like a little bit more gaudy, like a little bit more like 1990s, like floral pattern. But also, I love that it's a little bit like sophisticated at the same time. I love that someone. Who was this Diane? Yeah, who was this Diane who thought she was making herself? a sophisticated yes. little mug uh <laughs> that now a gay man in his 30s owns <laughs> yeah it's a good i'm jealous of the mug i love a good mug so i was i was really excited for it i, I love it yeah i love it move over my ew david mug i've got my the mug <laughs> diane <laughs> i know diane's coming to visit yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh oh yeah well thank you um 
You're welcome. You're welcome. I mean, that, of course, brings us to our final segment of the week, which, of course, is our BSA of the week. Uh, mm. we, we queen out on an actor, an actor or actress performance, food song thing, anything in our lives that is acting as the best supporting actress of our lives. Uh, yes. So what do you got this week? I feel like I had like two nominees and now I can only remember one of them, but I don't know. Every so often I'll go back to this video and I was just really craving it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I went back and it's been a while since I watched it actually too, but I was on YouTube the other night and I just like, just for old time's sake, I went and watched the Coventry Curtain Lady video oh. and it's just, it was right before bedtime and it was just like the perfect way to wind down because because now it's like it's like posed as this like asmr loop mm-hmm. um as far as like her like touching the plastic and like the crinkles and how everyone like reacts to that um and i, I think i saw it was like a 22 minute video of her just like crinkling the bag oh, wow. or something like that <laughs> and but i think i saw that first and i was like oh wow and then i went back and just i just watched it again and i just uh, there's so many layers to that and i and just like the you know when can you speak a little louder? She's like, I'm sorry. I'm oh, sorry. Yeah. Oh my God. And then she gets quieter. And she doesn't follow the direction at all. She's like, when I came to this store. <laughs> right. It's just everything that I want. It's like, that is like the BSA. Uh, it's like litmus test. It's like, have you seen that? Mm-hmm. And even if you haven't seen it, do, do you appreciate it? Do you subscribe to the idea of like, there's nothing. This is the perfect video. <laughs> yeah, I know. I feel like Tony Collette and Hereditary is the first level of like, do we agree on anything in life? And then like yes. the second layer of verification is feelings on the curtain lady of Coventry, Rhode Island. Yes, two step verification. Yeah, exactly here at the BSA pod. Yeah. Um. So she's my nominee just because it was nice to go back and visit that. Um. My my actual BSA of the week. So. I'm gonna I'm gonna ask all you listeners and Colin to withhold judgment because um, we've Keon and I and his mother have all started watching this show on Netflix that is I will say on paper it's pretty it's pretty cheese it's pretty schmaltzy but as far as like us all agreeing on something to watch um, it's like really kind of hitting the spot and it is a Netflix show called Emily in Paris have you heard of this Colin I have. I have heard okay. of it, I've read a bit about it. Yes. Uh, please go on. <laughs> I will say this. It's like, it is perfectly fine. It is perfectly good, even. I will throw it out there, too. There are many things that I could, like, go off about it, too. And, and I think um, Keon said it was um, the guy who did Sex in the City, Darren Starr. Yeah. Is that name ring a bell? Yeah. I, I don't. I mean, I know that name. I know he he produced Sex in the City, and I thought I'd read yeah. he was involved with this too. Yeah, he definitely is. So, it has that sort of I don't even say that sort of lens. It's like uh, I I really like it for what it is. It's basically like this girl is like working in a marketing firm, and her boss is played by oh gosh, uh, she played Addison on Grey, Grey's Anatomy, and I'm blanking oh, on her name. Oh, uh, Kate. Uh, Kate, Walsh. Kate, Walsh, Kate Walsh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Kate Walsh? Kate Walsh, yep. Yes, Kate Walsh. Um, and then she suddenly gets pregnant, Kate Walsh does. So she, the young girl, has to go to Paris to, like, represent this marketing brand for, like, a year. And then, of course, it's very much the Devil Wears Prada, but not as, I don't know, there's some twists along the way, too. Um, I want the leading girl to be as charming as Anne Hathaway, and she's just not. But with that being said, she's really talented. Like, everyone is great 
Um, but is it like life changing? No. Is it like something to watch? Yeah. It's really kind of um, exactly what I needed right now as far as just like having something like just good enough, but also just like eye rolling enough, <laughs> eye roll inducing enough to it's there, there, I wish I, I could go more into it, but it's it's pointless because you haven't seen it either too. But I know a lot of people have been watching it. I've I've heard other people talking about it. Especially the gays. Well, if you watch 28 Days, then I will watch some Emily in Paris. <laughs> Emily in Paris, That's okay. my agreement. I mean... That's a deal. Yeah. The Bad Seed is still on your list as well, by the way. <laughs> okay. Bad Seed. Um, I need to... I, I do need to write this all down. Yeah. But 28 um, Days. If you watch that, I'll watch a couple episodes of Emily in Paris. Okay. Okay. Um, I, I'd be interested to hear your take, too, because it's... It does get better. There's like so many stock characters at the beginning of like when she enters this like it's it's uh, I'll just stop. But anyway, the thing that the the BSA in that TV show is an actress named Ashley Park, <clears throat> who basically is like uh, a girl that the Emily meets like randomly. And it's funny that she meets her in the park one day. Her character's name is Mindy, but she's so perfectly charming. Like she's who I kind of want the lead actress to be but she's playing the supportive best friend it's almost like judy greer it's like you mm. almost want mm -hmm. it's like i feel like there's a meme that says like judy greer should have been the lead i feel like i've seen that right. on like gay twitter before right um it's like she is so great and you want her to like have you want to see more of her and when she shows up you're always happy to see judy greer and in this case ashley park she's so funny and so natural and charming and she's really kind of in a world that kind of is very i don't want to say cookie cutter but in a way it kind of is she brings like kind of a fresh um sort of tonal shift like every time she's in a scene she's like in a different i wouldn't say it she's in a different show but like in the best way possible like mm -hmm. it's like everyone should come up to her level but everyone else is you know they're talented everyone's beautiful it's shot really well it's all shot in paris too which is really fun to watch oh well i mean but yeah emily in paris all right all right. And Ashley Park. She's in, she's incredible. She's really funny. Uh, well, you're certainly yeah. selling it. I, uh, I'm i always excited by by a best supporting friend. So Yeah. Um, all right. Uh, How about you, Colin? Well, obviously, you know, it's going to be hard to beat the mug Diane this week as my best supporting actress <laughs> yes. the of the week. Uh, so Diane is certainly uh, immediately moves, moves up the list. But I would say my other BSA of the week is uh, a... a familiar nominee on this podcast but I, I could not recommend enough more uh friend of the pod amanda kaczynski doing <gasps> her on we love to hate tv doing uh her book club uh reading and analysis and performance of matt bayer from teen mom uh, of his <laughs> of his memoir or whatever it is I just listened. I think there's two parts, and I've listened to the most recent one in this. So I guess there's another part I still have to go discover. Uh, it is so funny. And, like, you know, I, obviously I'm a big fan of Amanda's podcasting, but, like, these, this episode is, like, next level in terms of it being, you know, she's reading parts of it, you know, she's – and the voice. Oh, my God. I don't know if you're familiar with – Rosie O'Donnell in Riding the Bus with My Sister. Uh, no. <laughs> okay, so that is move over 28 Days, move over the bad seed. This is what you need to do. You need to listen to some of Amanda doing Matt's voice. I need to listen to this episode. 
And you need to watch, you can find it on YouTube, a clip of Rosie O'Donnell in Riding the Bus with My Sister. It is, it is so the same. It is so funny. (laughs) I, like, it's just so funny. And I just wanted to, I, I, I think that this episode is one of the best. And I remember... Oh, I can't wait. I remember when Amanda was going to start doing these these books of from Teen Mom folks. And I thought, oh, of course I want to hear Deb's first or I want to hear Babs' first. Yes. And I didn't realize like how... I mean, it's like two hours. I mean, it is just a, it is just a, a one-woman show that she's putting on with this. And I... Oh, I love I it. Think it's, I think it's peak Amanda Kaczynski. So... I can't... I. I can't wait to listen because she did text me about it. She said, "If you, I'm reading it right now. She said, if you ever listen to any of my stuff, I hope you indulge in my Matt's book recaps because I've never worked harder on anything in my life. And then she put in parentheses, meaning I mildly tried. <laughs> well, the effort is clearly there. It's, oh my God. It's Because I, I know there's like that podcast, my dad wrote a porno. And I think yes. there's a similar conceit there of like they're reading through it and talking about it and laughing about it. But I, yes. I'm not saying this is a ripoff of that. I think... I'm more interested to hear more of Amanda doing this than to go check out my dad wrote a porno because oh yeah I mean the voice is just <laughs> anyway like yeah the amount of times I've like been in tears laughing at Amanda it's 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 also helps that like I know her so well too so there's like that groundwork already laid but even if you don't know her it's like it still works it's like uh, it it is like this standalone sort of masterpiece of like performing that she has just cultivated over the years yeah <laughs> i'm so glad she did it oh. first of all too it's like yeah like can i can't imagine a world without amanda loves the hating mom and i've listened to so many episodes like on repeat and i just listened to one recently too there was something about i just love when she rips on chelsea mm-hmm. and like i i love how she like called the place where chelsea went to school to check the oh, hours, to check the to hours. See what, yeah what time they opened. Yeah. it was like you talked to someone on the phone and oh god is... i just love the investigative yeah. like journalism of it all like i it's a gift yeah it really is really i mean i just i can't wait to listen oh i've been behind on podcasting uh or listen to podcasts because i'm in new hampshire right now staying with Keon's family and I'm, I'm still working and I usually listen to podcasts when like I'm doing dishes or like folding laundry and I've not been doing like mundane sort of things. Mm-hmm. Um, so maybe I just, and I mean, we have a 10 hour car ride home, so that's going to be oh, on the list. That's perfect. Yeah. So yeah, I'm excited. Oh, well enjoy. And, and for folks, if I, if I didn't articulate it, it's uh, the, we love to hate TV. I guess it's really, I mean, that's just, a, that's true. Yeah. It's the Jody and Amanda's podcast. Yeah. yeah it's not, we love to hate. It's TV not. A, mom, we, yeah, but. yeah. So it's, we love to hate TV and it's, um, I mean, all you have to do is search for, it's most, one of the most recent episodes, but I guess depending on when you're listening to this, uh, it is the, the book club episode of Matt Bayer's book. I think it's called like, you're not going to fucking believe this or something like something that. like that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> It's stupid. It's great. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. So, that's my BSA of the week. And oh, perfect. that is our cue to get played off. There we go. Um, oh, there it is. Yeah, right on cue. Uh, so, now that that's happening, where can folks find more of you? Yeah, they could find me on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok at Nick Kochanov. And... Yeah, that's that. How about you, Colin? Where can we find more of you? Uh, we can find me all this month on In the Details, a celebration of nuance, queening out on spooky nuances, and um, yes. a lot of really obscure shit this month, but I'm really excited uh, to be doing that again. Uh, you can find me on All Right Mary, talking about Drag Race Holland. 
which is fine. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Colin Drucker, <laughs> which is Drag Race Holland. It's just, it's whatever. Um, yeah. But Ari Mary's great. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Colin Drucker, Instagram at Colin Drucker underscore. And of course, you can find more of both of us in a best supporting capacity on Twitter at BSA Pod. Yeah, and you can send us an email with your Tony Collette thoughts and just share in our, you know, delight and love of her. Uh, you can send us an email at thebsapod at gmail.com. Well, yes. I don't know what's coming up next week. I don't know how we're going to keep it spooky, but... Uh, yeah, we're planning on it, yeah, though. I'm excited. Big, we'll come up with something. Big nails to fill after Miss Colette this week. Big nails to fill. <laughs> That's good. <laughs> and, uh, well, and I guess as they say, that... As they say... <laughs> <laughs> is that <laughs> sorry i couldn't get it out oh it just makes me laugh <sighs>